Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are cover three. Josh, Eric, how are you boys? What's up, bro? All right, straight to it. Love it. Um, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, right now, probably the peak of what we want to talk about is some Bruins talk. Big cat, uh, big series win there in Washington. Huge win, huge series win. Get some rest. Um, Falk, I'm just going to give it right to you, serve you the plate here. Uh, what do you think about the series? And uh, take it from there. I think this is the first series in a while that where we've played the Capitals, I felt really confident in us playing them. And so the reason for that is, is for the last couple of seasons, <clears throat> we've been a talented team, but we haven't been a very heavy team, and we haven't been a very deep team. And I think that's something that's really changed this past year is with the coming of Taylor Hall and him really rejuvenating that second line and making it a legitimate scoring threat, it really opened things up for us on the third and fourth lines to play a little bit more strategically. So I don't know if you guys saw, but pretty much any time Ovechkin's line got out there, we threw out there Sean Corrali, Chris Wagner, and Curtis Lazar. And so the reason of that is, is their job is not to score goals. Their job is to go out there and antagonize the shit out of the, that top scoring line of theirs. Get on Ovechkin. Get on Ovechkin. Take away his one-timer. And that's one of the other things that made them so, so um, successful. When they got the power play, do you guys know how many power plays we gave up this series? Uh, like 20, 19, something 21. like that. 21. Yeah. Yep. So in the regular season, they scored, I think, at like a 20 or 30% clip against us um, on their power play. And I think this time they scored, it was either 18 or 19. No, I'm sorry, excuse me. We stopped 18 or 19 of 21 power plays. So in five games, we only gave up two to three power play goals. I mean, that's pretty outstanding considering of how successful they were against us. And a lot of it was taking away Ovechkin really on that perimeter. You know, he scored that one um, one-time slap shot that went off of freaking Carlos' skate and stick. And that was really it. He was pretty quiet, I thought, especially after, uh, after probably game two. We really felt like he disappeared. Um. And so that's one aspect, T Taylor Hall kind of opening up the offense. The other thing is, is we played so much bigger. You know, Nick Ritchie, he isn't, he isn't Tom Wilson. He's not going out there trying to lay everybody, laying hits on everybody, but he's a big body. He can get in there. He can screen in front of the net. Um, Charlie Coyle's another one. Kevin Miller, before that stupid hit by Dmitry Orlov, he was playing phenomenal. We're just a, we're just a bigger, better team and if we can beat the capitals in five we can smoke whoever comes to us in the next round i'm not saying that's gonna happen but the capitals were number one in our division for a reason and they were in the running for the president's trophy they were a very successful team and we beat them in five games in the last two games it didn't really feel that close especially game four game four we were all over them and so I, th I think it really bodes well for us moving forward, whether we get Pittsburgh or um, New York, because I think we're going to outbody them and we have the skill to keep up with their skilled guys as well. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I agree. I think just, you know, obviously I'm not as the hockey expert as fault, but just being the novice level fan watching, um, I think – you know, just looking at it from a normal standpoint, I think we just bodied uh, the Caps, uh, to be honest with you. I think just from top to bottom, we were more physical. I feel like we had the better edge. I think we played more aggressive. Uh, I do agree with Falk, um, you know, making that switch when Ovenshit comes in. Um, just it, It's not even trying to defend. It's just trying to get under his skin, uh, just get him pissed off uh, so he's not in the right state of mind to – uh, get them going and get the flow going. So, um, yeah, I think it was a great. I think it was a great series by us. Uh, I'm excited who we get next. Um, but I think if we stay healthy and keep playing how we did, 
this past series, we can make a deep playoff run, and I'm excited to see what's uh, what's going to happen next. So um, this should be fun. And, man, playoff hockey. Woo! Nothing like it, fucking, huh? Fucking Nothing like it. it. Fucking love oh, it, Oh, man. man. Well, before we hopped on, dude, I was watching the, the Preds in Carolina, dude, and it was only 1-1. But these guys are just laying out, man. These guys, yep. are, first of all, the series is tied. I know this is unrelated, but these guys are like, it's like the li- it's like their lives depend on it or something. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. That's what they wake up for, though. And that's a, that's a difference sometimes from some of these other sports. That's like what they live, breathe, and dream for. Right. And here they are. Um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe like a certain green jersey team that plays for Boston. Yeah, yeah. Where you feel no energy, no enthusiasm, no care. But we'll get there. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get. It's coming up shortly. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I think um, I think the biggest thing that we did against them is against the Caps is just their power play. Their power play was lethal throughout the year, especially with Ovechkin, and just basically to put it, you know, put it down, put it to rest, you know, make it look like the worst in the league almost is just incredible. And, you know, we got hot at the end of the season and it's just continuing on. It's a great sight to see. And it feels, it feels different. It feels a lot different than years prior. I feel like that series, maybe years prior, that would have gone definitely to six, maybe even seven. But this feels different. This feels different from this team. It feels like they're completely and solely bought in. Um, uh, You know, I don't see a lot of, a lot of like, bitching from them you know maybe a play or two here and there you know Pashanak definitely had a reason to bitch a couple of times to the refs and Marshawn getting uh, I think absolutely hosed in one play you know there was some you talking about that roughing call two nights ago oh yeah that one too. yeah um, yeah it was, and, I I just don't know how you call that and then earlier when Dimitri Orlov leaves his heat feet smokes Kelvin Miller in the jaw and he gets yeah. practically a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I don't and that's, quite understand that's that. That's another either. one. E- even though it was a double liner, like that should have been that should have been a major. You know, keep him in the box maybe, but get him out of there. Like there's just no need for that. On the, well, on they the... offset it by putting Charlie Coyle in the box as well. I, you yeah. know what? And I, I'm not going to take anything away from officials because you have to have your head on the swivel constantly, especially in hockey. Oh yeah, especially when that team ha- when you got Tim Will- Tom Wilson too. Like yeah. It, there's just so much. It's not an easy thing to do, but I mean, Jesus, call it one way. I mean, yeah. if you're going to call a shit ton of penalties, it's fine, but call it both ways. Don't give ticky tack penalties to us. And then when our guys get fucking smoked and sent to the hospital, you, you give the other guy a slap on the wrist. It just doesn't make sense. And the Capitals are so known for that stuff too. Yep. The fact yep, that Tom Wilson – the fact that Tom Wilson still plays as much as he does and gets away with the hits that he does. Like, I want to, you know, I know we we were trying to move on, but I just want to bring this up. After one of the goals, and I believe it was game four, I think it was the Charlie Coyle goal after Jake DeBrusque missed over the net and it came on the side and DeBrusque hit it out in front and Coyle buried it. Behind the net was Nick Ritchie, who had fallen down and here comes Tom Wilson after the goal is already scored and the boys are celebrating. He comes up behind and tries to cross-check Nick Ricci in the back of his head. The ref is trying to separate the two. And then here comes friggin' Brandon Dillon, a friggin' no-name scrub, <laughs> out of nowhere and just punches Nick Ritchie in the face like two or three times. And the refs turn around and throw Brandon Carlo in the box for coming yep. down the ice. And yep. I'm, I'm sitting here baffled. By how the hell that happened? How does Brandon Carlo, huh? who is a choir boy, Brandon Carlo, as big as he is, and he does play physical, but he doesn't have that nasty streak in his game. Like he doesn't have like, and more people would probably like to see that out of him, just given his size. But he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have that innate nastiness that guys like Tom Wilson or uh, Ryan Reeves have. It's just not in him. So the fact that Brandon Dillon, who comes around and essentially instigates the entire skirmish after Tom Wilson, because that was already separated by the refs, he just skates back to the bench and we get a, we get a penalty. How do you figure that, man? 
it just there were just a couple calls, and then obviously, you know, Pasternak coming in on a breakaway, getting hacked, he gets nothing. Marshawn yeah. gets a roughing that happens fifteen times a game with no, no issue. I just don't get it. I, I'm hoping it cleans up for the next series, but we will see. Hey, maybe maybe the refs get their jitters too. Who knows, right? Oh, um, man, listen, man, who knows? But they I get still, paid good money too. Just throwing that out there. Ultimately, though, I still think they didn't play maybe their best or sharpest hockey yet too, and that's the scary part. You know, we had a lot of lot of stupid penalties, a lot of lot of ones that you know you can do without you can do without the extra play and. You know, if you clean those up a little bit, you're almost playing a perfect game. And Tuca's having, like, you know, a Hall of Fame series right there. Um, but, you know, so just cleaning out the penalties. And, I mean, who's probably one of our best players on the penalty kill, would you guys think? I would say if if you had to put the best penalty killers on the ice, I would say McAvoy, Carlo, Bergeron, Marchand. Yeah. Right. And guess who had the most penalty minutes for the Bruins? Marshall. Probably Brad Marshall. Yeah. Fucking right. So, you know, <laughs> again, <laughs> we, we don't blame him maybe for one, maybe two here and there, you know, close calls, what what have it. But, like, still 10 minutes in the box, you know, he's known for the game? shorties. It, exactly. It, it's a penalty a game, you know. It, he's known for his shorties. He's known for taking that shorthand going to the other side, just making that goaltender look silly. So, you know, if we clean it up a little bit, we're going straight to the cup. No mm-hmm. questions about it. Well, and also, if care. you think about it, we're on our seventh and eighth defenseman. Yep. And we're down two of our guys that we normally would start the season with. Because Jeremy was on, I think he broke his hand or something in game one against the Caps. And he, I think he finished that game, but then he was out after. Um and then uh, Kevin Miller, obviously. So there was an injury update that happened, I think it was yesterday or today, um, where they said that Jacob Zaboral, who hadn't played since I think like mid-April, yeah. um, will be available and so will Jeremy Lozon. They should both maybe be able to be available sometime during this series. Um, Jacob Zaboral is fine. I think he's got his... Uh, I think he definitely has – like, he brings certain things to the table. Like, I think he's decent in the defensive zone, and I think he's decent bringing the puck up. He's got okay offensive skills. Um, he's not going to do – I think he's just your middling guy. Like, he, I think he's a good third-pairing guy because uh, he can do a little bit of both, but he doesn't excel one way or another. Uh, Jeremy Lozani missed because – I don't know if you remember, but in game one – he was really bringing that nastiness. He was going after Ovechkin. I think he caught him up high with a cross check, yep. which, I mean, if it happened to our guy, it'd be bullshit. But because it happened to Ovechkin, I'm really not all that upset about it. Yeah. But he's also – he's a solid player. Um, so I think we're going to miss, you know, miss him if we have to miss a game or two without him. But I got to say, Cliffy really stepped up. Connor Clifton really played pretty well. Um, he'd be pretty tough to take out of a lineup. And honestly, I got no complaints with Jared Tenorti. Every time yeah. I see that guy, every time I see he that played, guy come in, he played a hell of a game. Uh, uh, game five, he played you know, a hell of a game. You don't, you don't notice him too, too much. Like he doesn't do stuff that stands out at you. But he just, he's pretty solid in his own end. You know, yeah. he's six five, two ten. He doesn't really get bullied. He brings that physical game. I. I you know, I got a lot of respect for him ever since he walked in off the street and fought Tom Wilson and beat the shit out of him that first game. <laughs> ever since then, I, I've kind of been a uh, Tenorti fan. But, uh, no, I, I really like the way that the guys are going. It seems like we're going healthy. The only thing that I was kind of disappointed to see on that injury report was, uh, I don't know if you guys even know who Andre Kasha is. Yeah. Um, so it seemed seems like he came back for, like, I don't know, the last week of hockey or, like, the first week of the Capitals. Um, and he had a really bad concussion, and I guess he has concussion issues, which that had been what had kept him out for most of the regular season. And I think they were just trying to get him up to speed so that they could have him for the playoffs. And they were doing this prior to knowing what Taylor Hall was going to be. 
Um, and then the guy gets in. It looks like he's playing good, and then he get just got hurt again, and they just ruled him out for the rest of the playoffs. They're going <laughs> to fetch him. And now he's a restricted free agent. So he might be he's all done walk. as a – yeah. He, I, he might not have a choice. I don't think we're gonna want him. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't I, see I think, a, a third chance. Given I think to he's him. decent, but I mean, he's probably he's played in maybe fifteen regular season games for us in two years. You win yeah. some, you lose some. Uh, that's how I'm gonna classify that. It just yeah. bothers me because we gave up a first round pick and a defensive prospect for the kid. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. like what could that have been instead of a concussion prone? Could have been like the hall. It could have been. We don't know. Yep. David Pasternak was like the twenty second or twenty sixth overall pick. Like that's where we would have been picking with that guy. Do you guys want another David Pasternak on the team? I fucking do. I would (laughs) agreed. So what's crazy about Pasta? I almost wanted to consider benching him from the top power play line after like game one and two, just because I just saw nothing from him. I, for, like, Taylor Hall or something like that. And that might have, like, upset something in the locker room. But I'm sorry. Like, I didn't see anything. And then I think it was game three or four where he got the power play goal. And he was starting to starting to be more effective. And, and the power play was moving a lot better. But um, just just something else that I was looking at, you know, wasn't sure if it was going to be sticking or not. And you know what? And I agree with that. Um the last, so probably the last two to three years, um, the thing with Pasternak has been, is he either goes into the playoffs hurt, or he yep. just hasn't really performed. And it yep. really, I agree with you. I think it was like the first two to three games, you just didn't see the guy. Like he was on the ice, you knew he was there. It kind of seemed like he was getting close a couple times, but he just wasn't burying anything. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, he takes that wrist shot and Marshy deflects it in. And you're like, oh, you know, at least he's on the score sheet. He got that assist. You know, it looked like it might have gone in without Marshy. And then he he nets one. And then you're like, oh, yep. shit. All yep. right, is Pasternak on to something? And then he just scored that ridiculous goal where he just made people look stupid. And you're oh. like, oh, man, if, if yeah. this is the Pasternak we're getting in the playoffs, man, we're going to be a tough out. If I was a defenseman there, you know, playing our NHL days and all that stuff, I would have rode him into the backboards, though. Like, I, I don't know why they let him play like that in front of the goalie and make the goalie look silly. Well, like so third so or that's the thing. Stringer. So, like, after watching that play, you see John Dowd, who was a center on the third or fourth line for them, was the guy on Pasternak originally. Pasternak deeks around him, makes him look yep. dumb. You've got the offhand defenseman, who I think was – Kind of guarding against Krejci, he was guarding against that cross ice, blocking the pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that all that leaves is the defenseman that was behind oh, Dowd when that happened. Yeah. I have no idea where that guy is on the ice. I've watched the replay two or three times. I don't know where he is or what he is doing because he's not <laughs> playing defense, and that should have been the guy to kind of do what you said: hit him into the boards, knock him off the puck, make him breathe check. out of a tube do, for two weeks, do something, <laughs> anything. <laughs> but the guy is just non-existent. He doesn't exist. He's not there. So I don't know what that was, how they let that happen, but I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else for you guys? I know we got to keep it moving here. Um, I'll, I'll ask you guys this. Who would you rather play, Pittsburgh or New York? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, um, so what's Pittsburgh's goalies like? I've heard they're trash. Yeah, I don't they know have, what their situation so they is. Have, uh, I think they have Brandon Jari. Uh, not very good. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's good enough that they're in the playoffs. He's been yeah. their, you know, he's been their normal goalie. I think he had some injury issues, but I think he's all right right now. I know their backup isn't very good. I'm pretty sure we shelled their backup the last time we played him. But, uh, you know what, he's like, he's like mid-tier to a little bit lower. So, uh, so I, I think you know, different. you know what he is? He's like Ryan Tannehill of goalies oh. to give you kind of like a perspective. Oh, uh, like he's good yeah. enough. He can kind of get you there, but uh. if you need to lean on him, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> uh, uh. So, so what makes That's this matchup trash. so interesting, right? What makes this Islanders Pittsburgh matchup so interesting is they're opposites of each other. So 
Pittsburgh's game is, you know, we have Crosby, Getzel, Malkin, Chris Letang. Yeah. They have all the star power. These guys that are known for putting the puck in the net, right? Their backs, their defensemen, after you get past Chris Letang, I don't know if I know any of their names. They're no, all kind no. of... They're all kind of scrubby, you know, middling guys. Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot. And then you got Jari, who I just described as Ryan Tannehill, so nobody wants that. On the other side, you have the Islanders who play, you know, from the neutral zone back to their own end. That's their strength. You know, they have Mm -hmm. solid neutral zone, good forecheck, backcheck. Defensemen are tough. They can play the body. They can skate with some of the more talented people. Um, and then the goalie screams St. Louis from two years ago. A to little me. bit, a little bit, but the St. Louis, St. Louis game was a little bit too. more aggressive. Yeah, a lot of the games that the Islanders win, they don't win high-scoring games. They don't win the six to fours, five to threes. They win the two to ones, the one to zeros. Like that's how they play. They're mm-hmm. like they're like a like game managing type team. Um, and that's that's where it's kind of interesting because their strength is their goalie, and then their defense, and then their offense can can score goals. The only guys that I really know on that team that can consistently put the puck in the net is Matthew Barzal, who we should have had instead of Zach Sanation or Jacob uh, Jacob Borle. Um. Barzal, who's he's just a wizard with the puck. He's got such ridiculous handling and playmaking. Kid's just sick. And then they have Palmieri, who is an absolute Bruin killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy played for New Jersey, got acquired at the deadline. Uh, I think we were actually in on him. Um, just a good player. Uh, but that's really it. They don't have the star power of a Sidney Crosby, of Getty Malkin, stuff like that. Uh, so, which is why the series has been so locked up. It's three to two right now with the Islanders the winning Islanders, a double overtime. Yeah. Um, so me personally, I want to say the Islanders because yeah, I think our, our depth is better than their defense and their starting goalie Barlamov has been hurt and they've been playing a rookie and the rookie's great. He's been playing really solid for him and keeping them in games and helping them win games. But I think that can only take you so far. And I also think that we are deeper from lines one to four than Pittsburgh is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we could beat them. Pittsburgh would be more of an interesting game because I think the games would be more high scoring. Like it would be, it would be much more, more intense because you, Malkin or Crosby could put the puck in the net whenever, wherever. Yeah, but if it so, continuing on that, let's say if that is a situation that does happen, you think we can win in a shootout? Do we have enough firepower to keep going back and forth with 100%. that? 100%. Yeah. Okay. But the way that we've been playing, we essentially have two first lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the point production has yep. been almost identical. Okay. Maybe a little bit more on the first line after game five because Bergie had two goals and Pasternak had one. So, I mean, that's three goals from one line. But the point production has been almost identical in those two lines. Um, And you've been getting some help from the third. I was going to say. And honestly, the fourth line is due because they get their chances too. Curtis Lazar has made a big difference. Jake Dabrowski has been playing in the top six for us because for all season just because we didn't didn't have the depth and now he's playing in the bottom tier, you know, along you got Krejci and you got uh, Coyle. Uh, So like some of these players that are normally probably required in this top six, like you got them playing lesser opponents. It's just perfect matchups for you. And that's what what a a reemergence of Jake DeBrusque. Two goals in this series. I mean, that's pretty hard. And he probably should have had like three or four. Like what a what a reemergence! Thank you for coming back to, to Earth, Jake <laughs> Rusk. I don't know where the hell you've been, but it's good to see you again. Yeah, facts. Um, but yeah, so, I think honestly, like the Islanders too. Um, I would want them just because we had their number near the end of the regular season, especially after the trade deadline. Um, uh, the Taylor Hall acquisition really strengthened our 
our lines, as we were just talking about, and it really just made it fussy for the Islanders. So it gave us the upper hand. Um, I just see, I just see it better if we face the Islanders, face Pig, Pittsburgh. I don't know. Sometimes in the playoffs, you know, I still, I'm still wishy-washy on Pasta. You know, does he show up all the time? Is he there? You know, the perfection line. If it's not there, will we get the support? It, then it'll be all on Hall. Will Hall crumble? You know. If it's dependent on scoring all those goals, you know, I believe we can do it. It's just, will we? That's my biggest fear. And then the Islanders, we've had their number, like I said, the last four or five games. So I think it just, it makes sense to me in my head. Sure. What do you think, Keith? No, I, uh, I agree there. Um, me, me personally, uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I, you know, me not being the hockey expert like you guys, I'm kind of just more in it to just watch. Um, but, you know, just going back to the original question, who would I rather have to go against after what you guys were just talking about? I think we have a better situation with the Islanders, um, and it should be a good uh, series to watch, to be honest with you. Uh, like you said before, we've had their keeper's number uh, throughout this whole season, and then you just mentioned that. The keeper is uh, has been in and out of the lineup recently due to injuries too, because um, I do remember you saying that earlier before, uh, before we hopped on. So, yeah, it should be fun. And uh, if we, if we have that, uh, you know, with us, you know, it, I think that'll be a great matchup to go against and hopefully elevate us to the next round too. So, um, and plus, like you said earlier, um, you know, we have the offensive power uh, with both lines, you know, playing extremely well um you know i think we're i think we're, i think we're in a really good position to make some noise this year so i'm just excited to just be a freaking just watching the games man it's just been it's been fun so far uh and let's just keep the ride going so i'm excited i'm gonna go against the grain i'm gonna say pittsburgh and the only reason i say pittsburgh is because i think washington and them play a similar game with yeah. their more offensive base Washington, I think, just has more premier talent, which is why they're better than Pittsburgh. And we just beat Washington in five games. Mm-hmm. So Pittsburgh, I feel similar. I just think Pittsburgh is like the B team of Washington, and I think we could we could maybe even sweep that series if we played them the same way. Okay, I think too, so. I'm going to say uh, Pittsburgh. And plus, um, I would love to send Crosby and Ovechkin yeah, home yep. in this in the same playoffs. Yep, that would be fantastic. Yep. There it is. There it is. <laughs> That's what the gets me biggest, going right there. Two biggest freaking crybabies <laughs> in the NHL. See ya. Especially Crosby. God, I hate Crosby. I hate his face. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up for our uh, Bruins takes. Bruins. Yeah, I'm thoughts. good with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now that we're all mushy over the Bruins, can we be all cynical over the, the freaking Celtics now? Oh, man. God, get them out of my town. Dude, you know, what? <laughs> you, know what, you know what bothers me about the Celtics? Is there were times this season that they looked so good, and on paper they looked so good, but God, do they suck right now. They and they chose, well the wor- they chose the worst time to suck. Yep. Oh my God. I think I think the problem with the Celtics this year is it's always one step forward and then three steps back every yeah. single. Like it's just been that's the it's been the story of the of uh, the whole season. It's just like, hey, they just won a couple games in a row. Here we go, and then lose seven of the next ten or five out of the last eight or whatever. You know, it's just I don't know. I think everybody had a bad year this year. Um, there have been reports that Brad will be back. Um, I think I and I and I know uh, offensively or just a roster wise, uh, we didn't have that much. But I don't think Brad Stevens had a good year, coaching wise either. Um, so I think the blame uh, goes all around. Uh, but I think the biggest blame to go here for the bad season we have is Danny Ainge. Um, I think Danny Ainge does have to be a better GM. I think. Just watching the last couple minutes of the game while you guys talking and just watching our second and third string guys play against Brooklyn's third string guys with less than like three minutes left since the game was a good ball. Like even watching them play, I'm just like, this is just bad. Like none of the, they don't look they don't look invested into the game. 
Um, they kind of just want to let the minutes go by and just get out of there. Um, so I don't know what is going on behind the scenes. I don't know what the chatter is, um, but I just don't feel like the team is buying whatever Brad Stevens is selling. So I think um, we need more taco my, fall. I did, no, absolutely not. Could go for some tacos. <laughs> this Tuesday. Uh, taco Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. No, so And so here's the thing. So I remember talking about the Celtics earlier in the season. And we're like, you know what they need? They All they need is a big. All they need is like a center. They're that piece away. They're so much more than just one piece away. Yeah. Like, and you know what? Maybe if we had Jalen Brown, it would be a little bit more competitive. But even then, I don't think it really would be. No. I, I think you steal we, game one. I think you steal game one with it. If yeah, but then you can, still lose the next four. I'm just, yeah, yeah. So, so, and so, <laughs> you know, like, what I mean? after, after thinking that, it, it, I find myself kind of taking a step back and really looking at this team and be like, so, like, what do you do? What do you do to the Celtics this offseason to make them not a joke next season? I think you make a flash trade. I think you, you pull like a trade. Like what, though? Uh, go for like a big name center. Like, who's the center for, um, Memphis, Jonas, he... Uh, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Travis yes. Kelsey's twin. Yeah, some some guy like that who's a really good center, who can play offense, um, really good rebounders. A guy like that, a guy would help the Celtics tremendously because he's a he's a, one of the most underrated centers in the league. Um, and just having a guy like that would just help the team so much better when it comes to the passing, uh, facilitating the ball, making movement, because that's another guy... Uh, if I'm an opposing team, that's another guy you have to uh, account for because he can also score under the rim and also can get boards and play a little bit of defense. So I think he's one of the most underrated centers in the league. Like, like, a, guy, like a player like that, a player would just help boost everybody's morale. And, you know, Jason and, and Jalen don't have to feel like, you know, it, it's, you know, all right, it's, it's our turn. We got to put up 50 together. We got to put up 60 together every night. Like it just – I don't know. I feel like that's where they are right now. Like, even though they're not going to say that uh, in front of the cameras, I feel like behind the scenes, that's how they actually feel. And so, you know what? I don't hate that take. But you know what I think? I think that means we lose to the Nets in three, in, you know, a series of four to three or four to two. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't think Jonas Valanciunas in this NBA is somebody that gets you over the top. Yeah. I think if you're the Celtics, you need to bring in Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. It's just it's a league of superstars and super teams. You know, maybe 10, 20 years ago you could win with a balanced five. That's just not the case anymore. You look you look at the way that the at the uh, what's it called at the way that the um, the Nets won the game. Their top three guys. Not so much tonight, but the night before, averaged like seventy five percent of their points. Yep. This night, tonight they had. So the the Nets beat us one hundred and thirty to one hundred and eight. Durant had twenty six. Kyrie had fifteen. Harden had twenty. It's not as much as they've had, you know, in game one, and as much as they've had in other games. Yeah. They didn't need to because Joe it's Harris most, was exactly. Them up. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. Joe Harris shot seven of ten from three. Damn! Really? He shot so, seven of ten? Yes, wow. dude. He was money. He's he was so underrated. Money. He's underrated. And so, and so here's the thing with this team, right? Is you've got all these superstars. You've got three of the top five scorers in the NBA. If not, if not one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not a Jonas Val. Not to like shit on you because that's not what this. But you're not Jonas Valanciunas away from beating that team. Yeah. This is a league where there's fewer guys on the team, so you need more high-quality players. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Brown is – who can I compare him to in the NBA? He's like a Chris Middleton, you know, C.J. McCollum type, maybe a little bit better. I don't think that – yeah. You know, he's a he's a guy that's always going to be around the All-Star game. He's going to be somebody who, you know, everybody wants on their team. 
but he's not LeBron. He's not Damian Lillard. He's not Steph Curry. Like he's not these guys that are premier talent. Yeah. The only guy on our team that can be premier talent is Jason Tatum. And even then I hate saying that about Jason Tatum because he is so freaking inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Nine points tonight. Nine so, points. And, and so here's the thing, right? So the other yeah, night streaky. he goes off for fifty. You know, he can score fifty points, forty points, sixty points. He can have those nights. He's that talented. But more often than not, at least this season, he shot three of twelve tonight. Yep. Was one, that before getting one, poked two. in the eye? It's before getting poked in the yeah. eye. So he played Damn. twenty-one minutes tonight, and after he got poked in the eye, he left. He didn't yep. like tough it out or anything like that. He was just gone. Mm-hmm. On a night on in the regular season, you can have a night like this every once in a while. This is playoffs, man. You're going up against the best team in the league. I think. I think the Nets are going to win the whole thing. Uh, you're going to shoot. You're going to shoot that, yeah. three for twelve. He's got you're thirty-one have, points in the series you're gonna so have far. One assist. Come he should on, have thirty-one points. He should have thirty points a game if we want to. If we want to get out of the series, and even then, you still need Marcus Smart to actually you not know, brick something. And Kemba you need has, rebounds. There's exactly. no rebounds happening. You know, like. There's, there's no second chances. You're trying to play the shootout game with them. You're not going to win that. Oh, Tatum, go. Firepower. Like, obviously, the threes are flashy, nice, and you, you need to just keep scoring. But at the same time, you know, go to the rim. Some of these guys are soft as hell. Like, go to the rim. Get the contact. Get the free throws, you know? And actually, hit the free throws. Hit the free throws. Because if we don't hit the free throws, the fuck are we doing? Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Oh. oh, I love it. Oh, God. Three oh. throws. We shot. We shot seventy-eight percent for three free throws tonight. Christina. Oh my God. They shot the Nets. Shot ninety-five percent. Ninety-five. <laughs> that's, here, here, that's... You know what? Let me just let me just give you the, the the game stats real quick. Yeah. Field goal percentage. We shot thirty-nine of ninety-two for forty-two percent field goal percentage. Uh, that's so... The Nets shot forty-six of eighty-eight for 52%. So they were 10% better than us from the field. Mm-hmm. So let's move back. Let's move to the three-point line. We shot 12 of 34 for 35%. They shot 17 of 38 for 45%. Again, yep. 10%. Yep. Free throw percentage, we shot 18 of 23 for a whopping 78%. They shot 21 of 22. They missed wow. one free throw. That's wow. where the money's made, man. That is where the money's made. So, and and so on paper, it's only three points, but it's it's a big deal because they suck at free throws. They have all year. Yep. Turnovers were pretty even at fifteen to fourteen. Assists, they had thirty-one assists. We had twenty-three. It's a big difference, but a lot of it is going to be, you know, Durant, Kyrie driving and then kicking out to Joe Harris and him making a wide open three. So it, that is mm-hmm. what it is. Rebounds were pretty similar, forty-three to forty-six. Blocks were four to seven um, in favor of them. Steals were ten to seven in favor of us. They had more fouls, and neither team had technicals. So you you could just see from the statute they outshot us, and there was nothing we could do about it. Yeah, but that's because you're trying to play the same game, and that's that's what and kills you. Just me. can't, you know. And then you, you go and you look at our bench. I think our bench was even worse. Yeah, you don't even don't. I don't even, even don't. That. Yeah. Aaron no. Aaron Needsmith was the most minutes off of our bench tonight. He had 19 minutes off the bench. 0 for 5. 0 for 5 <laughs> from 3. He shot 0 of 5, and all five were shots from 3 that he missed. All right. Well, Sick. it doesn't it doesn't get much worse after that, right? Yeah, it does. Romeo Langford, 18 minutes, shot two of seven. 0 for 1 from 3. His stat line in 18 minutes was 4 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. Neesmith's stat line was 0 points, 3 rebounds, 0 assists. That's in 19 minutes. So then you're like, hey, you know what? Rob Williams. Rob Williams logged almost 20 minutes tonight. He only had 8 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 0 blocks. So where'd that 9 block game go? Fucking, yeah, that did a whole lot for us. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, that's pretty bad. Oh, 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 but it gets worse. Peyton Pritchard, 
you know, the guy that everybody's been lobbying for to play over. Zero of five, shooting from the field. Shot uh, zero of three from three. But don't worry, made two of his two free throws. So at least he was 100% from the free throw line. Sick. And And it's just bad. Five points from Grant Williams. Why is he even on the team? Dude, Grant Williams is trash. Semi Ojale, zero points, shot over two. Jabari Parker had one basket in six minutes. Like it's so and so now it brings me back to my original point. What does this team need? This team needs to get blown up, take Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and get rid of everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know. I love guys like Marcus Smart. You know, I, I love the hustle guys, the defensive guys. Those guys are only good when you can put points on the board. Yep. Who gives about who gives a shit about a steal or a defensive rebound or a, a friggin' play out of bounds when you're down by 30? <laughs> who cares? Nobody's even watching you do that anymore because yep. everybody's like, wow, this is a bloodbath. I'm just going to shut it off. Mm-hmm. So I, I I honestly think Danny Age needs to go into the season. You know, if they if he really thinks Brad is still the guy and can still coach the team, fine, keep Brad. Because I mean, there's not many guys that are going to be better as a coach, but coaching isn't yep. as prominent in the NBA as it is in other sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but fine. If you know, if Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown like him, keep him. You need to take Kemba and throw him out the front door. You need to take Marcus Smart and you trade can't. him for the. You can't. I, listen, that contract is so fucked, and it's gonna hurt you. And it, it's gonna hurt I, you no matter what. Whether you keep him or let him go, that's the problem. You got to You got to. You've get invested rid of too much money. You've you've invested Kyrie money for him to play pay play like freaking. I don't even know. Like Marcus Smart. That's what you invested. No, worse in than him. Marcus Smart. At least Marcus Smart plays defense. This guy can't even do that. He's fucking five for five. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, so I look at their their, their stat line because, you know, Marcus Smart, 19 points, three rebounds, six assists this game. And then you got Kemba, 17 points, three rebounds, seven assists. So two points in favor for Marcus, one assist more for Kemba. You know, they look at similar stat line, but you're paying Kemba Walker an extra 20 million, maybe? I don't know. I don't, I don't I know, know Marcus exactly. Marcus Smart's contract isn't too cheap either. But yeah, it's like eleven yeah, to thirteen I, or something like that. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after this year. I don't think does he have one more? Who, uh, Marcus Smart? No, no, Marcus Smart's right? coming up on his deal. It's either this year or next year. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure he's almost done. Which I don't think we're going to resign him. But that's a huge issue. Is but that's a different conversation for another day. You took a huge risk on that knee on Kemba, and it's not paying out for you. And he, like I said, he's playing like Marcus Smart when you're paying him to play like Kyrie. Yeah, it's, or or James Harden. That's what you're paying them to be. Oh, and that facts. contract's going to screw you. Mm-hmm. So that's, all in all, that's I think some the of the team just needs a facelift. I really do. Yeah. I think I think you need you need to go character. in another direction here. It needs it needs character. It needs enthusiasm. It needs care. Like nobody cares. You know you know what this team needs. You need the same swag you had when you drew guys like Al Horford and Gordon Hayward here. Yep. You need guys that, you know, before Kyrie was crazy, he was talking about re-signing here and wanting to play here. That's the team you need. Everybody looks at this team right now and just sees a bunch of bitches. Can't win a, a freaking basketball game. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think you need to get some more guys here. The games were more fun to watch when you had Jay, Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas running around because at least they were putting the, bas- the ball in the basket. At least they were winning games. They weren't the most talented players, but they made it to the fucking Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, what, what does that say about these guys? It's uh, Jay it Crowder and Jonas Jarebko and Isaiah Thomas and a team of those guys can go to the Eastern Conference Finals and you can't win one freaking game in the first round? Come on now. Yeah. Stole the words right out of my mouth. Thank you. Can't really say much. Can't really say much, to be honest. Just get it off my TV. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. go bird watching. Might have to. 
All right. So now oh. that's over with. <laughs> are we, are we getting old Leo Jones? It seems likely. Uh, we'll see. Crazy. I I think so. Kind of just get the topic going. Um, obviously, there've been reports of Julio Jones. You know, wants to leave Atlanta. We and they've already been confirmed. He said it yesterday morning on uh, what's the show for First Take First, whatever with Shannon Sharp. Uh, I guess that he was there. Uh, I think it's interview. First take. Uh. Is it whatever whatever sports show he was on and Shannon Sharp is on? Um, he there was a, he was on the interview and he said, "Yeah, get me out of here on like legit vibe TV." Uh, so he's definitely not going to be back in Atlanta next year. Um, and apparently, there've been reports coming out today that he's kind of made up his decision. It's either New England or Tennessee. Um, uh, Junk, I want you to start here first. What, what do you think? Do you think we'll actually make a move for Julio and? If we do make a move, what do you think we're going to willing to give up just to get that guy in our roster? So Atlanta definitely wants a first, um, and yeah, then they're going to take or best offer. Uh, you know, and I think if you're in a bidding war, that's probably what it's going to take too. If not, maybe a little more. Um, the contract is a little bit of an issue, but I still think we can easily wiggle it around to where at max we're getting hit 10, 11 million. And then we have 15 million free of cap. That keeps us good for the season mm-hmm. to maybe do like a late season veteran acquisition or do some trades, sign a trade, something like that in order to maybe improve the team mid season due to injuries, due to personnel, whatever. Uh, so it is doable. Do you guys think, yeah, this is gonna be obvious. But do you guys? Would you guys give up a first for him? No. Uh, right now, no. Ah, uh, it's I'm like teetering between yes and no. no. I think, I think the reason I'll why say I'm no for you, no. <laughs> so the only reason why I'm not saying fully yes to a first round pick is because of his age. Um, I think he's turning 33 going into the season. Obviously, he's still a top five receiver. Um, but if you're going to make a move for a guy this late in his career, um, obviously, you're not keeping him for the long haul. Um, Julio maybe has, what, maybe two, maybe three years of good good football in him before he starts hitting that decline, unless he hasn't already. Um, and he did say he wants to go to a place where he wants to win. So, obviously, right now, with all the revamping we've done, I think we have a better chance of winning now than Tennessee. I think Tennessee is still a couple pieces away from getting to that point anyway. Um, But what concerns me is giving a first-round pick because, obviously, that first-round pick can be the next Hall of Famer for your team. So, Um, And based on what we did in the past, we gave up a second-round pick for Muhammad Sanu, and that didn't really turn out for us that well either. So... On that note, I'm going to say no, but I'm willing to give up a third-round pick in the kill. So. The only reason why I wouldn't do it is because it would be for fucking Cam Newton. <laughs> like, and it, Cam Newton's got to be the star. So I'd like oh, to kill I, me. No, dude, I like Cam this year. No. If I, honestly, no. if I had Shut to guess up. this stat. No, 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 no. Shut up. Shut the I, fuck if up. If I had to guess... Cam Newton's stat line this year. I'm guessing he throws anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000 yards and has about five to 800 yards rushing. About so I still 30, think about 30 to 35 wild. total touchdowns. Well, no, so wild. I think the offense is built around him to definitely do better. Last year, we weren't helping him. The, the, if, Cam, if Julio comes here, well, Cam could be in an MVP year. race. Uh, oh, I. Who spiked your I can drink? see it. If if it's the first three games of the year last year and he plays like that with and he's obviously gonna do better with this team, yeah. I'll buy that. I'll buy the Kool-Aid and I'll drink that all damn day. Who is spiking your Kool-Aid? What are you guys talking about? Right now? <laughs> but you guys are wild. Talking playoffs? <laughs> talking playoffs? You're playing uh, to win the game. What? You guys are, are crazy. Even... Are we even considered? Because he wants to win now, and we're unproven right now, especially under Cam. 
we have probably the good genetic makeup of, on paper, a really good team. So we have a chance. We have a chance. But do you think maybe without Cam Newton, we would even be considered right now? Because I've heard he Uh, wants to come for Cam, too. Yeah. I still feel like even – I still feel even without Cam, we'd still be a contender. You know why? Because we got Mac Jones, okay? We have Mac fucking Jones. I'll take a rookie QB. Who's a year away, at least, from being an NFL quarterback. Let's say – but let's say if, you know, hypothetically, Mac Jones has a Justin Herbert year. You're telling me we're not going to the fucking playoffs? We're not no. going to make the Super Bowl? Did Justin Herbert go to the playoffs? No, that's Did not Justin his fault. Herbert go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> that's, not, that's not his fault, though. It's not his fault. He Neither played was a that, that, team. It'd be Mac Jones's next. Oh, my God, dude. I'm just so saying. He, so here's my, here's my thing about Cam. Cam is getting you in the conversation for Julio Jones. Cam is getting you Matt Judon. Yep. Matt Judon wanted to come play with number one. Cam Newton has the appeal that is getting you players right now. Remember Hunter Henry said he didn't want to go and play for a bum quarterback? But he's mm-hmm. here. So these guys all clearly see things that we didn't see last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take their word for it because they're kind of in the business. They see all the behind-the-scenes stuff. They know things, I hope, a little bit better than we do. I, I really think Cam is going to turn around this year and just rub it in everybody's noses. Look, I don't disagree with that. I What I disagree is I don't think he'll have an MP, MVP year. I think he'll just have a good, decent year. That, and, you know, and that's, and that's fine. That's exactly. Exactly. I don't think he's going to have an MVP year. But if he can have like 3,000 yards passing, 20 touchdown passes, less than 10 picks and almost 600 yards of rushing with another eight yards, uh, sorry, eight to 10 touchdown uh, rushing touchdowns. That's a good year for him. That's a really good year for him, completing over 60% of his passes. Maybe that's not MVP, but that's a 12 and five record and uh, quality QB starter, you know, or 11 and six. I'd rather have that. I think he also gives off kind of what Taylor Hall has done for the Bruins, too. Because he'll be your premier number one, and defenses are going to have to strategize against him. And then that's going to free up Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and even the Jacoby Myers slash Gunnar Olszewski slash uh, Wilkerson or whatever the hell his name is. You know, whoever is that fourth, fifth guy. So it'll open up those pieces and Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith they'll open up those players to more you know maybe more shares and maybe you know Julio Jones won't get his career high 136 receptions that he had in 2015 but at least he'll still get a good portion whether it's anywhere from 80 to 100 and you know it'll it'll just give the offense more options mm-hmm. uh, so I'm 100% for it I don't think Bill's going to give up a first. I think he's going to get outbid, and he also doesn't like the contracts. Um, it's going to take a lot for her, Julio to come here because he's probably going to have to agree to, like, like um, what they always do. Um, what you call it? So, like, reward-based contract, you know. We'll give and you $11 million. Yeah, there you go. So, we'll give you $11 million, but to get your full 15 that you want, well, you know, you need to hit 100 receptions for 1,500 yards, something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think if he leaves Atlanta, he still gets most of the money from there, or he gets a good portion of money from them. So he's it's probably going to be sitting pretty. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's all guaranteed. It's a three-year, $66 million contract. I think they're going to have to wait until after June 1st for any trade to actually happen, because that, after that, their cap hit is just – it's it's – cut in half or something like that. You know, I don't have the full stats in front of me, but that's probably what we're waiting for. So it's going to die down and that's going to heat up again, or maybe it'll be dropped randomly on a Tuesday night or something like that. But I think that's what we're waiting for. That's why something hasn't happened yet. Cause I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. The guy doesn't want to be there. Who who wants to play for Matt fucking Ryan? I mean, I don't, come I on. don't know. Many but I want him. 
Can I, can I, I know we're like running pretty long here, but can I just read you some stats? Sure. Yeah. Leo Jones. Oh my God. So this is 2014 all the way up to 2019. Um, 2013, he was injured. And then 2020, he was injured last year. So from 2014, he had 104 receptions for almost 1,600 yards. 2015, 136 receptions for almost 1,900 yards. <laughs> Two, oh 2016, 83 receptions for 1,400 yards. 2017, 88 receptions for 14 and a half. Uh, 2018, 113 receptions for almost 1,700 yards. 2019, 99 receptions for almost 1,400 yards. God, the guy is a beast. And, you know, that's a long time frame to play. He missed four games from 2014 to 2019. So he's durable, dependable, works hard. He's a freaking tank, freak mm-hmm. of nature. Everything for, I don't know why this is my term all of a sudden, but genetic makeup of what Bill likes. And I really hope, I really hope we sign the deal. Look, oh my gosh. I don't, I don't hate the move. It's just like, he's 33. I don't know. Like, I know, I know you just read all those crazy stats, but like, if you're going to make that trade, he you're wants playing to for now. the now. You're playing exactly. for the now, and that's exactly. And we're built for the now. We're we are built for the now. I, I think is is that's the point. Do you go all in? Are you gonna are you gonna grab and twist and actually go all in? Or are you gonna? Yeah, I'm putting all the chips at, right in the center of the table. I'm betting it all. Let's fucking Eric, go. What if, he, what if he's only like 32? If he's not 33, would you do it? I mean, it doesn't really matter. It, I it, the thing is like. If you're going to make that trade, even, even if he's 32 or 33, it doesn't matter. It's just like, when it, for me, it's the shelf life. You're, he only has maybe two to three years of really good football left in him, right? Because I highly doubt he's going to be pushing the numbers that Junker just listed at the age of 35, right? I, I think could, we can I all – I could be wrong. I could, I could be wrong. Maybe he is that type of a freak of a player. And but that's still... when his contract ends. So would you take him on his contract right now, knowing that you can get rid of him when he declines at 35? If it means freaking helping Cam Newton and winning a Super Bowl, then yeah, I'd make that trade. Okay, so we're going to take Julio. Yeah, I'm taking Julio, man. I don't like giving up the first-round pick. but I don't think Bill's going to give it up either. I don't think he's going to give it up exactly. I just I, – I would be – Astonish if he decides. I get that notification on Bleacher Report. Patriots make a trade with Atlanta, give first round pick and something else in Nikhil for Julio. I will lose my mind. God, I'm buying rubbers. Oh man, <laughs> dude, it's a little late for that, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Just <Nah>. like. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Falka, uh, what are your thoughts, man? What do you think? Uh, I think get Julio here so we can win the Super Bowl. Fair enough. I agree. And if you think like, you know, Mac Jones, I agree too. I don't think he's going to be as much as I would like him to start this year. He's not going to be game ready week one, I don't think. Um, well, did you hear if- Falker and Maz today? No, what they say uh, they a little so bit. they they had an interesting take on the whole Mac Jones situation. Oh, and so oh, week four about week four, correct? Okay. So, if you think about it, week four, Brady versus Bill, that's going to be the a huge, huge headline, right? I think we all know that if Bill, even if Bill Belichick loses to Brady, his legacy is pretty much intact. Can we agree on that? Yeah. That he'll still be a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best to oh, ever yeah. do it, blah, blah, Absolutely. blah. Absolutely, yeah. No discussion. If you play Mac Jones in that game, it's now Brady, and instead of just Brady versus Bill, it's Brady versus the heir of Brady. It's Brady versus the guy who's going to take over for – the greatest to ever do it, mm-hmm. which can put so much pressure on him that it could actually crack the kid before, yeah. 
you know, before he really gets anything going, you can ruin him before he even gets going. So that's why a lot of people are now starting to think that Mac doesn't have a chance to play this year because they want to save him. They want to wait until he's really ready so that he can step in and be the guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, say, thought, I thought that was an interesting like, point. What did they say? They were like, send him to the Bahamas. Like, don't make sure this guy doesn't even read a fucking yeah. newspaper down make, there. Like, make, <laughs> make sure. Don't give him the directions to the game. Like, yeah. exactly. Put him on an island. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think, dude, I think he, I think if Mac Jones starts or gets some playing time, dude, me being a, a like just a competitor or just obviously we're all former athletes here, I would embrace that shit, bro. I fucking embrace it. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe at the highest stage and it being such a mental game for quarterbacks, keep him the F away. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm, I look, don't even I don't put dis- him in a press box. Make him watch it from home. Look, yeah. I don't, I, I don't disagree. What I'm saying is, I you think do- you put you put him in the pressure cooker a little bit. Make fucking let it, let us see what the young guy has, man. It really separates the boys from the men at that point. Am I right? Like, I, I hear you, you. Fuck, you just said it too. Mentally, right? A QB, you are the most obviously the important position uh, on the field. Mentally, you have to be the sharpest. If you have that much going on for you, and put him on the field. I mean, obviously, don't make him start. But if we're losing by a shit ton, throw him in there. See what he's got. It doesn't there's hurt. A, there's a big difference in a mental in the mental ability of a 27 year old quarterback and a 22 year old quarterback. 27. Huge, oh, huge difference. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Mac Jones is, I believe, 22. Yeah. You, there's a huge difference between putting a kid in the game who has a couple of years of NFL experience under his belt to putting in a fresh rookie. Minted, almost. Yeah, pretty much. To kid just came out of the box. Yeah, fair. The Kendall. And putting him in to one of what will probably be one of the most watched, anticipated regular season games that this town, that this friggin' sport has seen in a long time. Yeah, that's... that's it's almost that's, as big as, like, when Brett Favre played, yeah. played against Green yeah. Bay for the first time. It's, you know and it's going to be even crazier than that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow that out of the water. Yep. True. Because you have the best to ever do it against his former team that is trying to rebuild and get back to where they were. Yeah. Like it, the storyline is insane and pressure like that, because you're right. The kid is a competitor. He's going to want to win. And for him to try and build himself up to go against us. And if they get shelled 42 to 17, it's going to look real bad. And it, it could, it could mess him up. So no, don't put him in. Let it be Cam. Let us lose, and I'll just blame Cam, and everybody go along their merry way because we've already been doing that for a year and a half. <laughs> eh, I guess. I guess. I, I, I do like the idea, Eric, if you'd, like, double down. You know, maybe he's thrusted to start. I, I Even if Jer- uh, sorry, even if Cam Newton doesn't start that game for whatever reason, illness, injury, whatever – I still think you throw Jared Stidham in there oh, just to like let I put Brian Hoyer in. Fucking throw the meat shield in there, like somebody get the ball boys and pads. Brady will do the licking. <laughs> oh, do, imagine that matchup: Brian Hoyer, the the what QB whisperer versus Tom too. Imagine them trying to market that. That would be rough. That'd be rough. Dude, Brian but, Hoyer. Brian Hoyer's um, a fucking doormat, dude. He doesn't come close. Doesn't come uh, close, man. I'm surprised. I saw the photos come out, I think, yesterday or this morning of, you know, OTAs, and I saw a picture of Brian Hoyer throwing the football. I'm like, where's his clipboard? Like, what are you doing with a football in your hand, dude? You should not be throwing a football, dude. You should be breeding, helping Cam, helping uh, Mac, helping Jared, because the, these guys are in our future, possibly. Um, well, Mac is, obviously. No one cares about Jared. Um, but 
dude, it's just like, why are you like, no, he is your emergency, like safety blanket. If all hell breaks loose, you break the glass, you ring the bell. And that's Matt Hoyer, uh, Brian Hoyer. You, I don't know, man. It, no, I don't want to see that happening. But yeah, yeah. We're actually we're running way over. We yeah. wanted to. It was a good talk. It was a good talk, boys. I, you know what? Yeah, I really it was fun. I really wasn't expecting to do a half hour of Bruins. I was thinking like 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, with me. Any other uh, any other uh, thoughts? Shout Those out socks. to uh, Keep Phil, Phil Mickelson, Mickelson. Oh, yeah. I, I want know. to touch on the Sox. Oops. Uh, Sox lost today, actually. 3-1 to one to the Braves. That's fine. They, they've won like the last they, 8 of 10 or something. They, 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 got, they got a tough matchups coming up with Houston, New York, Houston, Blue Jays, Atlanta, and then it goes on from there. They got a, they got a tough stretch here. Don't they play uh, the Yanks, too? Yeah, Yankees. They're after Houston. I know they play like the Marlins too, but like I think the Marlins are like bottom feeders right now. Um, but yeah, it goes Houston, New York, Houston, Blue Jays, Atlanta, and then sooner or later they face fucking New York again. So tough, tough road, tough sledding. We haven't faced New York yet, I don't think. So that'd be a good. Uh, really interesting. I feel like we're already good aren't we like two months into the season already? Uh, About that month and a half yeah well, april uh, a little more than a month and a half almost two months yeah almost two months yeah. interesting we haven't played the yankees uh, yet yeah all right anything else boys no we, no. we need to stop all right <laughs> don't I sleep do bitch. All, i, don't I sleep. can do this all day <laughs> all all right, well that's a wrap boys that's all right, all right. All right folks. Peace, boys. all right see you